I want to speak to us on a topic that is found in the book of, a story is in the book of Haggai, chapter 1. But I decided to give uh, it a, a, um, a topic. And this is what I came up with. When God's business ceases to be our priority, or when God's business stops to be a priority to us. I believe the reason why many of us are not operating at an open heaven, we are not experiencing what was decreed and declared by Jesus. It is because God's business is no longer our priority. The story is about the building or rebuilding of the temple. If you allow me, I'll read some portion of it. If you like, you can read the two chapters. Haggai is only two chapters. In the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month of the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the heart of Haggai, the prophet, to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest. Thus says the Lord of hosts, These people say, The time has not come to build, to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came by the heart of Haggai, the prophet. Is it a time for you yourself to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and harvested retro. You eat but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountains or to the hills, And bring wood and build the house that I may take pressure in it and that I may be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much and behold, it came to retro. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why? Declares the Lord of hosts. Because of my house that lies in ruins, while each of you busies himself with his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you have withheld the dew, and the earth has withheld its produce, and I have called for a drought on the Lord and the hills, on the grain, the wine, the oil, on what the ground brings forth, on man and beasts, and on all their labors. This is a very um, tough and harsh portion of scripture um, this morning. But God always speaks to us and he speaks to us for a good reason. God will never speak to us 
to throw us away. He speaks to us to correct us so that we may know the truth. And when we know the truth, the truth will set us free. When we do what is right, we shall be blessed and prosper. Why would God then want us to read this scripture this morning and speak to us through it and it sounds very harsh to us this morning? We wouldn't expect some sweet, soothing words that speak to us. But remember what I've said. God speaks to us to help us, to correct us, not to throw us away. For he is a loving God who is concerned with his people. And when they make mistakes, he comes through to correct them. I said the topic, or if you want to give my message, some headlines or whatever, you can say when God's business is not a priority. Of course, we could have been positive and picked the positive part of it, but I chose to use this because I would like you never to forget um, what God is trying to say to us this morning. Human beings, we are all prone to putting our priority or our prosperities above God's business or above God's ministry. That's who we are because we are selfish. We are self-centered. We want things for ourselves. We think ourselves first that then other comes after. And it's unfortunate that even when it comes to God's business, it is the same thing that happened to us. He comes after we have done what we need to do. Then we can give him or we can do what he requires to do. If you look at this story that we, 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 we've, we've read, if you have read about the rebuilding of the, of the Solomon Temple after it was destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar, this happened after those that were taken into exile during the period of King Silas. He decreed that the some should go back home and rebuild the city of Jerusalem and the temple of the Lord. And he gave them the resources and he ordered the governors of Judea or the Lord where the they calling what calling the rivers the Lord beyond the rivers. The governor was given instruction to facilitate the builders to rebuild the temple. And it is said that the work started and they laid the foundation. But after the second year, some enemies of the Jews, you can read this in the book of Ezra, you'll not find it in Haggai. If you want, you can go and read Ezra. Ezra, sorry. Uh, it's, it's well narrated. After the second year, 
some enemies of the Jews who are not happy that this temple is being rebuilt approached them and they ordered them to stop rebuilding the temple. And they threatened, not just threatened, they actually sent letters to the king who was reigning then, this time not Silas, it was another king. Silas is exited and Atexas was now the king. And Atexas, who did not have the information about what Silas had decreed, gave another decree that stopped the construction of the temple. Nobody contested. Remember, there was a decree from King Silas. They had been instructed to rebuild the temple. The governors had been instructed to facilitate. They have now been stopped, but they quickly withdrew and stopped the construction. And what happened? They went on with their normal businesses. Okay? And this is where now Haggai has, is coming in. After it is, let's say it is a, could be a, after 10 years or 12 years. Haggai comes back as a prophet of God. And he releases the prophecy from the Lord. To the governor of Judah, Zerubbabel. And to the priest Joshua. And this is what the scripture says. Thus says the Lord. The Lord of hosts. These people say. Chapter verse 2. The time has not yet come. To rebuild the house of the Lord. These people say. This is what the Lord is saying. He's levering an accusation to the people. He's speaking through the prophet. And this is what he's saying. These people say. This is God is saying. It's not Haggai who is saying you say. God is saying. These people say. In other words, God had had their conversation. And they were saying it is not yet time to rebuild the house of the Lord. Why would they say it is not yet time to rebuild the house of the Lord? If they are not aware that the house of the Lord needed to be rebuilt. I want you to see something here. These people were aware. They knew what they were supposed to do. And they were not doing it. And there was condemnation in their hearts. All, they kept conversing among themselves. Should we not be rebuilding this temple? They must have known about Silas' decree. They knew they were supposed to be constructing the temple. Or rebuilding the house of the Lord. But every time that message would come to them. Whether the Lord speaks to one of them. 
whether someone of, one of them reminds the others, they would all say, it is not yet time to rebuild the house of the Lord. Who told them it is not yet time? No one. They decided themselves. Why? Because they wanted to use this as a reason or excuse not to do what they are supposed to do. I want you to know they knew what was expected of them. But they didn't do it. And they kept saying, is it? It is not yet time to rebuild the house of the Lord. Meanwhile, what were they doing according to the scriptures? You are smart people. We've just read through. Anyone who can tell me? What were they doing? They were busy building their own houses. Is it wrong to build their own houses? No. But what was the priority? What was supposed to be the first thing first? Now you are quiet on me. Yeah? What was to be the first thing first? The house of the Lord. The reason why they were released from captivity and allowed by the king to go back to Jerusalem, they were sent to go back to rebuild the house of the Lord and the city of Jerusalem. They were still ruled by the king of Persia. They were not yet free. But the king released them for an assignment to go and accomplish an assignment. But look at them. They are not doing the assignment. They are giving excuses. It is not yet time to do it. They are not even saying we were stopped by King Atexas. Are you getting the point? Because King Atexas would not have stopped them. Had they stood their ground and said we were sent here by King Cyrus to come and rebuild the temple and the city of Jerusalem. But it was a good excuse. Si tumesimamishwa. Yeah? Mnataka to do. Sio vijana mnaongeanga. Unataka ni do? Si nimesimamishwa. There is something you can do. Don't say at what you want me to do. When you know there is something that you can do. Most of the time that's what we do. We give excuses. I can't do this. When you want me, what do you want me to do? And you know there is something that you are supposed to do and you can do. But you want to hide under that. They're what they were doing, they were actually hiding. They had reasons. And these reasons, excuses, they may seem genuine. But they were not genuine. They were not real. They were fraud or fake. They were hiding under these uh, instructions. That's why they didn't want to build the temple. But meanwhile, they were busy building their own houses. They were busy doing their own things. Who are these people? They were Jews. People who understood very well who they were. They knew they were children of God. They knew they had an assignment. They knew the importance of the temple of Solomon. 
And they knew the importance of it being rebuilt. But they didn't want to do it before they do their own things. Does that sound familiar? Praise God, church. Does that sound familiar? These people are believers, like many of us. God is not talking to non-believers. This scripture is not to people who do not know God. God is talking to people who knows him. So don't go talking about it, trying to say that God is pointing to those people there. They know nothing about building the temple. They know nothing about the importance of the house of God. It is you and I who knows the importance of the house of God. Amen? These people were supposed to rebuild the house. And they had everything. God had pro- In fact, they were not going to use their own resources. God had provided. All that they needed to do is to provide themselves as laborers or supervisors. But God would release the resources. But they didn't do that. Instead, they had excuses. These people were believers like us. Most of the time, it is those who believe that fail to do what is right, even when they know it. Because we are human beings, and most of the time we want to do things for ourselves. They had genuine excuses. It's not yet time to do it. Why? Because I have something else to do. It's not yet time to serve in church. It's not yet time to join the worship team. Although you are gifted in that area. It's not yet time to pray to intercede. Although the Lord gives you the burden to pray for others. It is not yet time to go out there and witness. Although you are an evangelist. It is not yet time to rebuild the house of the Lord. It is not yet time to give this amount of money. And the Lord has given you the money. And there is conviction in your heart that money is supposed to serve in the ministry. It is not yet time. Excuses. Genuine. They are. They seem. They look. But they are fake. They are fraud. Because inside your heart, You know who you are. You know what you are capable of doing. You know where you are supposed to be serving. But it is now three years since the Lord spoke to you. It's now five years since the Lord spoke to you. It's now two months since the Lord spoke to you. Whatever time it is, you know what you are not doing right. What is your priority? God's business or your business? What is your priority? Praise God. Pastor, today, I'll tell you why. Because if the church that Jesus Christ left on earth. With that open heaven, where now you and I have access 
to appear before our Father in heaven without going through any intermediary, without being required to offer sacrifices of bulls, goats and whatever, chickens and pigeons, which the Bible says were done every year, but they were not sufficient to purify us from our sins. Now, we don't have to do it. Someone else has done it on our behalf. And through him, heaven has been opened. You can access heaven. You qualify to access heaven. And the voice spoke through Jesus. I mean, through, when, when Jesus was being baptized. The Bible says they heard the voice. It is not John who spoke. And the voice said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I told you that in the Jewish custom, when a son reaches the age of 30 years, and remember this time Jesus was that, isn't it? When he started the ministry. Your father or the father takes you to the elders at the gate. Those are the rulers of the people. And he introduces the son and says, this is so and so. He is my beloved son. From today, I am presenting him to you because he is now of age. He is authorized to act on my behalf and whatsoever he authorizes or approves, you take it as it is, as if it is coming from me. In other words, he should not be challenged because he is a son or he is 30 years, whatever he is young. He has now my full authority to act on my behalf. In legal terms, those are what you would maybe call powers of attorney. And he cannot be challenged. God spoke about Jesus. I said, this is my beloved son. Now whatsoever he tells you, do. Whatsoever you can ask through him, I'll take it like it is coming through him. And I will give it to you. And Jesus confirmed that through the scriptures. Ask anything in my name and my father will give it to you. Praise God. Now, and then Jesus also said, Behold, I give you authority, isn't it? Now, the same authority that was delegated to him, he also delegated it to us. In other words, again, Jesus is saying, The things that I do, you can also do. Amen, isn't it? That's what the scripture says. And actually goes on to add and said, even more than what I have done, you shall do. Praise God. Now, can you see? But the question that I need to ask ourselves, and that's why I said there is a reason why I'm bringing this sermon. Because when I look at the church today, if that is the church that Jesus left, I want you, let's be very honest today. 
if that church that he left that acted that way did that church earn respect during those days it did come on why are you shaking it did it earned a lot of respect yes it was persecuted but they earned a lot of respect the bible says this in the book of acts chapter 4 verse 12 13 there when john peter were arrested and they were taken before the their enemies who are the leaders or the lead, the governors of the day they instructed them not to preach in the name of jesus but they would not stop preaching they were so bold in their response to them that these people said wow these guys they look like they've never been to school as far as we know they've not been any to any school because the pharisees were very educated lot and anyone that has gone through their school they would have known but this ones they said we do not know them they are unschooled but what does the bible says I said, oh, thank you. It's already there. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, okay, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. and i feel would say and they took note that they have been with jesus you call them unschooled uneducated but they said that kind of boldness that kind of ability to speak to respond the 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 the, the way they are fast with the with the scriptures and the law it can only be the reason is because they have been with jesus what does that mean then if you have been with jesus and you have been with Jesus you can be a common man as the world may call you okay but there is something in you that is beyond common people you are utterances the way you do things the way you appear praise god need to demonstrate something that these people will say wow yenyewe ni wale wanaokokaga lakini kuna kitu ndani yake that is beyond human beyond our understanding there is something in him that i admire praise god but let's be honest where is the church today what position do we hold when the media when everybody is analyzing the church where do we appear panda begu pastor accused of this this that church furious mediocrity until very few of us are proud 
to publicly stand and say, I am a Christian. Let's be honest. And this is not how it was in the beginning. Something is being eroded. Something is being taken away from us. Sometimes we are blaming the devil, Mama Mwai. We are blaming Islamic agenda and other things, whatever. They may not necessarily be the problem. The problem is with us. And the reason is because God's business has ceased to be our priority and our own businesses is what matters today. I have had pastors or preachers say, this is my church and it's a business. We have even changed our titles. We are no longer, we no longer want to be referred to as pastors and leveraged or as apostles. We want to be called CEOs, chief executive officer of this ministry. Christ, blah, 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 blah. It's become our business. It's not his business anymore. We are saying it is not yet time to be serious with the Lord. It is not yet time to do what we are called to do. We have excuses. We have lessons that we can give. And sometimes they look like they are, they are okay because we've gotten used to this type of excuses until we have believed that church business comes after any other business. It's not so. It was not so from the beginning. I said the reason why we are not walking at an open heaven I believe it is because God's business is no longer a priority. It has ceased to be a priority. How then do we expect heaven to open on our behalf? How then do we expect God to fight on our behalf? How then do we expect the world to actually accept that we are the light of the world? When they look at us, they don't see the light, they see darkness. What is in you today? Are you a light or are you darkness? What is your priority today? Is it God's business or your business? Would you stop? Would you close if the Lord tells you, stop today, Baba Moi? Sorry, just picked on you, not, not necessarily you. Should have picked on Florence. If the Lord challenges you today, stop what you're doing, for I have an assignment for you to go and do in Kisumu or in Kakamega. Would you close your business? No, you say no. I can do that on Sunday. And even on Sunday, there are some of us who cannot even find time or enough time to spend more time with the Lord. Let me challenge you. Why do you come to church late? If God's business is really Number one in your life. Let's be honest. Let's speak to ourselves. I'm not being harsh. Please. You know I love you, good people. Hmm? But if I don't tell you the truth, I'm not helping you. 
If I don't say it, I'm not helping you. And that's why I'm saying it. Because I want change. I want the blessings to come to us. I want us to walk under that open heaven. If I don't tell you the truth, I'm not helping you. Why are you never late to go to work on Monday? And on Sunday, the service starts at 10. You will appear here at 11. One hour late. No apologies. Not to the pastor. I don't need it. Because you don't come for me. To the Lord. What has God's business become to you? But I have come, pastor. Yes, you have come. But why did you come late? And I've said this again and again. If today the president of the Republic of Kenya calls you for a meeting at State House and says 8 a.m. on Sunday morning, you'll be there at seven, if not at six. Proper dressed, looking very smart and smiling all the way. But church, and he, who is this? Who is Jesus to us? If indeed Jesus is Lord and King of Kings, why does President Uhuru or whoever you work for, your boss, takes the top position and not him. Is Jesus telling you not to go to work? No. He wants you to work and work hard. But he's only telling you, if only my child you can understand the reason why you are created and do what you are created to do. Everything else that you try to do is already provided for. May God help us. These people would say it is not yet time. But what are, what are they busy doing? Building their own houses. That says the Lord of hosts. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came to by the hand of Hagar the prophet. Is it a time for you yourself to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? If it is not time to build the house of the Lord, if it is not time to be in ministry, if it is not time to sing in worship team, if it is not time to pray in the morning, if it is not time to give, your tithe and your offering. If it is not time to do what God has called you to do, and you know it, then the question that the prophet would ask, then, is it time then to do what you want to do? So only you can answer. But look at the, these people. Now, therefore, 
Thus says the Lord. That's verse 5. Of hosts. Consider what? Your ways. Look at that. If it is not time to build the house of the Lord. And then is it time then to do your own business. To do your, your work. Say now, therefore. That says the Lord of hosts. Another prophetic word coming from the mouth of the Lord through Haggai. Consider your ways. Let's see. Six. You have sown what? Now let's be attentive. Please. Because one of the mistakes these people made. They also were blind. To God's discipline. They were not aware. Or they refused to see or to discern what is happening in their lives. They are blind of God's sustaining hand. God is dispraining them. But they are not aware. But see what is happening. They are still in their field. Mama Mudama sowing. And they are not sowing literal. They are sowing much. These are commercial farmers. These are people who knows the more you give, the more you get, isn't it? But look at the scripture. What does it say? You have sown much and harvested literal. That's why he's telling consider your ways. I can't you see can't you understand that God is speaking to you? Is telling you something. Why would you sow so much and leap so retro and yet you cannot understand. You continue to sow the next season and you get so retro. Could God be speaking to you? And this is what I want you to ask yourself. Could God be speaking to you this morning? You eat but you never have enough. What a tragedy. There it's not that they don't have food again. It doesn't say that they don't have food. It's they eat, but they never have enough. They are never to their full. So they will keep eating, but they're still feeling like they have not eaten. You drink, <laughs> but you never have your fill. Can you imagine then? You are drinking, but you can never have your fill. It's like your gut is reeking. Hmm? Consider your ways. If it is not time to rebuild the house of the Lord, is it then time for you to do what you do? Is it then time for you to build your own houses? Is it then time for you to do your own business when the God's business is in ruin? And when I mean business, you know what it is to you. What is it? It could be ministry. It could be an assignment that God has given you. But you're not doing it. You're still procrastinating. It is not yet time. But then he says, you drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. I said, this is a tragedy. 
Can you imagine? You are clothing with yourself. Even with the finest. Because these people, they have no problem. They are putting up paneled houses. Now, if you understand what a panel house is, it's a very expensive house made of fine wood. It is actually said that those are the kind of houses the kings used to build. But you can see these people who have come from Babylon, they have no issue. They have Money is not a, a problem to them. They can put up the best houses. But God is not against the, them putting the best houses. What he is accusing them of is forgetting his assignment and doing their own things. And then you can imagine they have put on clothes. Those clothes are not cheap. They are warm enough, but they cannot warm them. Is it not a tragedy? Could in the church be experiencing a similar things? We are doing so much. We are shouting so much. We are telling people everything. We are doing A, B, C, D, but we are still where we are, we are down there. We still do not have a voice. We cannot be recognized. The head of state cannot call any one of us for advice. Yet we are supposed to be the priests giving instructions to the king. Where is the church today? The answer lies here. God's business has ceased to be a priority. And it is their business. Unless that is overturned, you will wear clothes and you still not be warm. And he who earns wages. These people are earning it's not that the money is not available. Money is there, but what does it say? Wages, they are earning. Okay, what does it say? And he who earns wages does so to put them in a bag or a pocket with holes. What a tragedy. Praise God, brethren. Haven't you heard some people say, I can't be able to account for the money that I received this month. I have no idea what I did with it. He's not saying that money was too literal. I could not even be able to account. For. No, no, no. He's, he's actually trying to tell you there was a, enough money. But I have no idea how that money, where it went, what I did with it. Could it be that you have holes in your pocket and you do not know? Consider what? Your ways. Brethren, God's business should be a priority. Those who put their priority above God's business never get what they are after. That's again the tragedy. You will never get what you're looking for. As long as God's business is no longer your priority. You will work so hard, like it has been said, and I'm not releasing any, any curse. My prayer for you has always been, may the Lord bless you, may he expand you, but they are right, there are things that have to be done. There are principles that are in the scripture. If you are not following them, if you are not doing what God has called you to do, you can work so hard, you can come, you can sing, you can jump, but my prayers in, are not enough. Your actions will speak for you. We just say those who put their priority above God's business never get what they are after. They may live in empaneled houses. 
They may plant much, but they will harvest little. And I can tell you, you can have everything like Solomon. You can try everything. Solomon had everything he needed. But at the end of the day, what did he say? It is all vanity of vanities without God. He would encourage us. The only thing that matters is to fear and honor God. Wealth and riches are important. Please get me. I'm not against wealth and riches. But wealth and riches without God being number one in our lives, it is vanity of vanities. It will go and it will disappear. What does the scripture say? Wow. Let me read this as the last one. Um, where, 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 where? Who can remind me? The, the one we read where when you come home. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, there. Okay. Let's go to verse 7. What does it say? That says the Lord of hosts. Consider your ways. Now, again, consider your ways. God is now giving you instructions what to do. Go up to the hills and bring wood and build a house that I may take pressure in it and that I may be glorified, says the Lord. You look for much and behold, it came to literal. And when you brought it home, I did what? I brew it away. Why? Declares the Lord of hosts. Because my house that lies in ruins, while each of you busies himself with his own house. That explains why we cannot be able to account for our salaries, though we get it, for the money we get from our businesses. Therefore, the heavens above, you have withheld the dew, the earth has withheld its produce, and I have called for a drought on the land, and the hills on the grain, the new wine, the oil, and on, and on what the ground brings forth, on man and beast, and on all their labors, poor animals in the field, because they suffer not because of their mistakes. They suffer because of you and me. And I said in the morning, the reason is when God stops the rains, if he allows it to rain in the forest and it doesn't rain where we are, we will go to the forest and cut the trees and chase the animals. So God decides even in the field, there is no rain. So there is nowhere you can run. But it's unfortunate that the animals sometimes have also to suffer and die because of man's iniquities. So the pain that the world is going through is because of you and me, men, that are rebellious. But my prayer for you from today because you have heard this message and you want an open heaven on your behalf, then change your ways. Consider your ways. Turn from your ways. Let God's business become your priority number one. And I can assure you, and I'm not out of my mind. I'm not trying to trick you. No. I need nothing from you. Praise God. God is my witness. I am not preaching this gospel 
for my own good. Praise God. As a matter of fact, I can be honest with you. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want. And I had refused. But God pushed me out of whatever else I was doing. And that's the time I knew that he is God. And I told someone that was my partner, you better let me go. Because as, far, as, long, as, as long as I'm here with you, you are not going to prosper. Because I'm a Jonah. I'm running away from my assignment. Allow me to go and do what God has called me to do. I am doing it for him. That's why I'm so bold to speak to you the way I speak to you. And I'm not bragging. Please forgive me if that's how I appear. I don't intend. That's not intended. But I want you to understand. There's, a, there's somewhere God wants to take his people. And God is not happy with us. Why? Because we are making his name be put to shame. When we are supposed to be the light of the world. How can we be the light of the world? And the world doesn't see that light. How can we be the salt of the world? And the salt has no taste. God wants to save the world. He can't save it from heaven. He has to save it through us. But we are not available. We are busy looking for, for things. We need to change and understand that God's business is now a priority. I have not told you to stop what you're doing. Continue to work where you're working, but make God's business number one. Amen? God will give you wisdom. I'm not saying stop work and come to church, you know, on a Wednesday morning. No. If I find you here, I'll chase you. I'll tell you, go back to work. But if you're in a worship team, in the evening, after work, there is a worship practice that is taking place here. Why are you not there? That you leave the office to go and see your friends. And God has called you to be a worshiper. And then you expect God to bless you. Hmm? It's not going to happen. You'll see others being blessed and you'll be wondering what's going on. And you keep telling us, come, we, we cast out the demons of poverty. Never. The demon of poverty is never cast out. There are principles that you've got to follow. One, you've got to work with your own hands because money will not come into your pocket if you're not working. Second, you've got to be obedient and obey the Lord. Do what is right and do the right thing at, at the right time. God will give you wisdom to manage your literal resources. They may be literal, but he will give you wisdom to manage them. Secondly, he is God who is able to multiply. So if he gives you a seed, he can multiply it. And you'll see yourself prospering. As I close, because I, I can't finish this, but I'm sure you've gotten the, the main message. Look at verse 12. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltel, and Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, did what? obeyed their God. And then what happened? The word of the Lord again came through Haggai the prophet. As the Lord their God had sent him. And the people feared the Lord. I think I missed something. Yeah, I missed something. 
Uh-huh. Let me repeat that. Then Serubabel, the son of Sheltel, and Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. And the words of Haggai, the prophet, as the Lord their God had sent him, and the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the message of the Lord, spoke to the people with the Lord's message. I am with you, declares. I think that's what I was missing. I was, I, was, I, had, I had not reached there. I am with you, declares the Lord. Praise the Lord. When they obeyed, that's what I want you to note. When they obeyed, God spoke again. He stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the governor, and Joshua, and the people, and they obeyed the Lord. And then the word of the Lord says, and the Lord was with them. When you obey, God does not leave you. He comes to your aid. God will never ask you to do something and he does not assist you to do it. It is never difficult to hand to do God's will because the moment you obey, he realizes that you are human and you need his assistance and he comes through to help you. And when you obey, you now attract his favor. Those things that were eating you, the canker worms, the whatever, the clothes that you are wearing and you couldn't get warm and you would put them maybe two, three, four jackets. You only now need only one. And you are warm. And sometimes you may not even need it and you are still warm. You do not need to eat, you know, a whole bunch of ugari to get full. The Lord gives you, make sure that whatever you eat, literal as it is, it is blessed. It nourishes your body. That's how our God operates. He takes care of you. The money doesn't have to be in billions or in millions of shillings. You are 10,000 when it is blessed of the Lord. When you have obeyed, you have done what is right. You have given out your 10%. The remaining 90%, God is obligated to take care of it and to ensure that it is, it is sufficient. And if it is business that you are doing, he is obligated to order the entire world to come to your aid and bless you. God will bless the work of your hands when you obey. When God's business becomes our priority, then our business also becomes God's priority. Did you get that? When his business becomes our priority, then ours become his priority. And of course, then who is the winner? It's God, isn't it? You can never go wrong. Finally, Ezra 6. Just that one. I'm, just bear with me. I'm just closing with it. Ezra 6, verse 14. What does it say? Are you there? Ezra, very quickly. Would you fika? I'm a fika. Oh. And the elders of the Jews, please note, built and prospered through the prophesying of who? We are talking of the same thing. When they obeyed, then they built. And then what happened? They prospered through the same prophecy. 
of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Edo. They finished their building by decree of the God of Israel and by decree of Silas, Darius, and Taxus. Now you see all the three kings that I was quoting. Yeah? They finished the work. God will always finish his work. And when you obey, he comes to your aid. And you will not only finish, you will also prosper in the process of doing God's business. Let's stand on our feet. Let me give you just one minute. Reflect on that word. Just reflect on the word. There are things that you need to rectify. Please agree with God that this I need to rectify. And go and rectify. Don't just take that this was another powerful sermon from the pastor today. No, no, no. It was your message. It was your message. Receive it as your message. And it's a warning to some of us here that God wants to bless, want to uplift, but there are things that you need to deal with in your life.